From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a great joy today to welcome you to our time together here. We get together five days a week right here on this station at this time, spend some time with an open Bible, and do so every single day to encourage and hopefully to um, really bring some things to you that will be a help and a blessing to you. So I welcome our family of friends who join us all of the time. And for those of you that are just getting acquainted, well, we're delighted to have you along as well. And we hope that you'll make it a regular business to be right here with us. And uh, if you're questioning who we are, check us out at our Sword of the Lord website. You'll find a lot of good things there, things that will be of interest to you. And remember, our Sword of the Lord Conference, the National Sword Conference, is going to be July 17 through 20 at the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, actually in Walkertown in the suburbs of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I welcome you to check that out as well at the website at swordofthelord.com. Yesterday, we began talking about how a Christian is to live in an unchristian world. Uh, Sometimes Christians are just a tad naive, and they assume that uh, becoming a Christian, that uh, they'll never have any difficulties, or maybe that uh, everybody's going to be nice to them, when in reality, the Bible warns us in advance that uh, we are living in an unfriendly environment. We're living in a world where things do not always go well. That is, Satan walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells us that. It also tells us that some of the folks who are lined up with him are going to line up against us. So we do have pressure at times simply because we are a Christian. We do sometimes have outright persecution because we are a Christian. Now, I want to do a couple of things here in these broadcasts where we're talking about this. I want us to see how the early Christians recorded in the Bible handle this kind of stuff. And also, we'll get to a point here where we'll look at how Jesus dealt with it as well. Uh, Yesterday, we looked at some of the opening chapters in the uh, book of Acts, and today I want to pick up in chapter 5, and we have actually the second major persecution that was unleashed against the Jerusalem church uh, following the day of Pentecost when uh, the 120 that were already in the church prior to Pentecost, they uh, went about the city preaching on that feast day, preaching And uh, they got the message out, and 3,000 people were saved. Chapter 4 tells us that 5,000 more men were saved later. So we have a major, major thing going on with the Jerusalem church. And uh, at the same time, there was a lot of opposition that was generated. When we get to chapter 5, verse 26 says, Then went the captain with the officers and brought them, talking about the early Christians, uh, brought them Without violence, they'd already thrown some of them in jail, and uh, they said, uh, we'll not do violence because they feared the people. There were a lot of people that were on board with them. A lot of people were sympathetic to them, and they were afraid that they themselves, the leadership there in Jerusalem, might uh, wind up being in trouble with the people. So verse 27 says, when they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, 
saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. So what they're saying is, uh, we told you folks to go home, shut up, don't talk about this anymore, and yet you've gone right out across the city, you have filled the city up with your teaching, and now you're trying to accuse us of uh, the death of the Lord Jesus, and you are trying to tell us that we're responsible and his blood is on our hands. Now, Peter and the other apostles, verse 29, answered them and they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So here we have not only a major persecution being uh, thrown at them, but we have a response, and it's one you and I need to learn. It's one that we need to take hold of. I hope you have this 29th verse underlined in your Bible. Peter and the other apostles simply said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Now, we have some responsibility living among men, Uh, The fact that we have civil government, all of that is uh, well and good. We can obey civil government as long as they do not ask us to deny God or disobey God. If they line themselves up against God, then we've got a problem with them. And the Bible here clearly says that we are to obey God first, then we can pay attention to whatever men are talking about. And Peter laid this out very clearly on that day. It's recorded here in the Scripture for us so that we, too, can look at things, size up the situation, and uh, remember that we have an obligation to God first and foremost, and we are to be obedient to Him. And whatever men are saying, whatever men are doing, if they line up right, we can line up with them. But if they don't line up right, then we're not going to get in the line. So he goes on to say, The Lord has raised Jesus up from the dead, and we are witnesses to that. We are his witnesses of these things. Now, when that crowd of opposition, verse 33 says, When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. So here they are looking at what they can do, not just to get these guys to hush, but they're really thinking now about snuffing them out. They have tried to get them to be quiet. They won't be quiet. So they have said, you know, like a lot of unsaved, wicked, unregenerate people may do. And by the way, not everybody that's unsaved, not everybody that's unregenerate is going to go this far. But really, you'll find people like this almost everywhere who are willing to do anything and everything. They have nothing that they leave out. They will do any kind of an ungodly absolutely wicked thing in order to get their way. And they are looking right down the throat of the early Christians here, and it's really a matter of them taking a cutthroat attitude. They're saying, uh, we're going to take counsel here. We're going to get our heads together and figure out what we have to do. And if we have to kill these guys, they say they're willing to do that. And then there was one wise man in the group, verses 34 and following, and we're still in Acts chapter 5, Verses 34 and following, this man named Gamaliel, he was a Pharisee, he was a doctor of the law, according to verse 34, and he was of great reputation among the people. He was well-known, well-versed, and well-respected, and all of that put him in position where that he stood up and he recited some things historically uh, for them, and he said, now, he said, I really think you need to lay off. I think you need to refrain from these men, let them alone. And he gives some counsel here that's his opinion now. It's recorded here. 
but it's his opinion. And he says, if this counsel or this work be of men, it'll come to naught. But if it be of God, you can't overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. Now, remember, that's his opinion, and some of that would not uh, hold in every circumstance and situation. But uh, he is simply saying to them, I think you need to take this into account. And so what happens? Verse 40 they agreed with him, but I want you to watch this. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing what these guys will do, what they won't do. And verse 40 says they agreed with Gamaliel. They said, yeah, we better back off. We better not hurt these guys. We better not kill them because uh, we might find ourselves even fighting against God. And so they call the apostles in and watch this. They beat them. They thrash them. I mean, we're talking about being without mercy. And they are putting the whip to the back of the apostles. And then they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, I've been in a situation several different times in a political environment where that uh, I was told by ranking leadership, government leadership, you don't pray in Jesus' name. I've had that uh, situation a couple of different times. Both times I resisted that and they relented. Once uh, we were going to have a group of our singers from the church that I was in in Maryland, where I was pastor for a long time, we were going to have a group down in Washington, D.C. at a government venue, and I received a letter. This has been quite a few years ago now. I received a letter from the Speaker of the House of the Congress telling me that uh, we had really be careful and not come and do some kind of Christian program. It had to be a secular program. And uh, I fired a letter back very quickly to the Speaker of the House, and I said, when did the First Amendment to the Constitution get canceled? And I got a letter back very quickly from the Speaker, and he said, uh, okay, go ahead. And really, they were just using pressure. They were doing what the liberals so often do. They're trying to intimidate you, even if what their intimidating tactics are really not in line with the law or with the Constitution, but they'll do whatever they can to get their way. And again, in each of these cases, I mean, I wasn't uh, fined, I wasn't whipped, or none of that. I was under no threat of my life. But again, it was a similar situation where that uh, our freedom was at stake and where we were told to shut up and uh, do what we're going to do, but do it their way. And each time that we resisted that, we were uh, told, okay, go ahead and do what you want to do, because after all, we were going to do what the Constitution permits us to do. Folks, listen, we're running into this kind of stuff all of the time. We're running into it everywhere. I mean, uh, Christian legal groups all over the country, and there are a bunch of them now. And you say, what are they doing? Well, they're staying busy defending Christians right here in the United States of America against folks who are trying to get us to shut up. They're trying to get us to not do what Christians are supposed to do. Now, if a Christian misbehaves, they ought to be taken to court. I'm talking about if they do something that is ill-advised, something that is uh, wicked. I mean, if they commit a crime, they ought to go to court. They ought to be dealt with on that. But when Christians are doing what Christians are supposed to do, listen, that should be tolerated. We all ought to tolerate one another in the exercising of our freedom. And we should not, obviously, do anything that infringes on other people. But at the same time, you and I have every right to stand up and be counted. And we will, if we do, I promise you, somebody's going to say, you ought to be quiet. You ought not to do that. Well, listen, we're not going to go away. 
Gamaliel's advice was heeded in a way, but the fact is they whipped the disciples, they whipped the apostles before that they let them go. And they left, and here's another key part of this. When these guys, I'm talking about our crowd, our guys, the apostles, when they left the presence of the council, they did not leave looking for counselors. They did not leave saying we need a psychiatrist. They did not leave in depression. They did not leave discouraged. Verse 41, this is chapter 5 of the book of Acts. Verse 41 says, when they left the presence of the council, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. So here we are. We've got suffering. We've got shame. And these guys left rejoicing. And here's another key. Verse 42, daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So here we have the response that these guys gave to the heat. When the heat was on, they did not back off, and you and I should not either. We should learn from their example and follow their example. Let them be our mentors whenever the pressure comes, whenever the persecution comes. Whenever somebody says don't, and it's something we are supposed to do, we should not be intimidated. So let's take to heart the example of these early Christians and let it be applied. Listen, I want you to behave yourself. I want you to be of right heart and right spirit. Don't get angry. Don't get belligerent. But serve the Lord and do it gladly. And I think we'll be happy that we did. We'll look at this some more tomorrow. And I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, I love to hear from you. So write me a note. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.